Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Good morning. If you would take your Bible, turn to Psalm 90 this morning. We're going to look at one verse, which is verse 9. We sure do miss when pastor is not here. And uh, we'll continue to pray for him. Psalm chapter 90. We're going to be talking a little bit about your life and time. I'm reminded of a doctor that called his patient on the phone and he answered and he said, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for you. And which would you like to hear first? And he said, well, I'll take the good news. And he said, well, the good news is you've got, uh, you've got uh, 48 hours to live. And he said, that, that's terrible. Well, what could the bad news be? And he said, well, I've been trying to get a hold of you for two days. And uh, we, we need to be good stewards of our time. We, we, we can't get time back. Time is precious. Time is running out. And we only have one life to live for God. And our lives are telling a story. And Moses... Moses writes about that in Psalm 90. Our focus is going to be on the second part of this verse, verse 9. He says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. And he's considering the nation of Israel, God's chosen people as a nation, and their mess-ups and their sins and how time is ticking. And then he says, We spend our years as a tale that is told. And I read through that verse and I thought, Boy, our, our lives... They're they're telling a story, a tale, a story. Whether you want to tell a story or not, your life is a story. And Moses, man, Moses knew all about life. What a story Moses has. This psalm here, Psalm 90, was written by him and considered to be one of the oldest psalms. Uh, He lived 120 years. And if anybody knew about living, it was Moses. The Bible says... God was, was, was a friend and to, to Moses, and Moses was a friend to God. And when they spoke, they spoke as friends face to face. And his life, what a life, uh, a life of victory, a life of defeat, a, a, a full life, a life of faith and obedience and, and uh, an abundant life. And we're still talking about it today. We're still inspired by the, the story of Moses and challenged by it. And we learn from it. But But your life, too, your life, too, is telling a story. There are short stories, long stories, exciting stories, dull stories, good stories, bad stories. When I was a little kid growing up, I I hated books. I wanted my hands on a skateboard or a basketball or a soccer ball or a baseball. I wanted sticks. I wanted stones. I didn't want to be... I didn't want a book in my hand. And so, you know what my mom and dad did? They got me a book, and uh, the book was about me. It was one of those books where you could send away to someone uh, your, 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 a person's name, and, 
and the, the, their friends and what street they lived on, what their dog's name was. And then they would put a story together, a personalized story about that person. And I think my mom and dad did that. So I'd have at least a little bit of an interest in education and learning and reading. And boy, when they opened up that book and begin to read that book, I found out that book was about me. That was the street I lived on, and, and that was my dog, and these were my friends, and boy, that was an a very exciting book for me because it was about me. Later on, I, I, I get into my teens, and, and I'm sitting in a movie theater, and they're showing the previews, and I must have been about 14, 15 years old. And I'm sitting there, and I, I sort of had one of those, I guess, aha moments where I considered, man, I, I'm alive and, and I, have, I have time on my side right now. I have, I have a life and, and if my life was a movie, what kind of movie would it be? What kind of story is my life going to tell? And I, I think for the first time in my life, I started to consider what is life all about? I wasn't, wasn't saved at the time. I, I didn't know the Lord, but I, I started thinking about these things and I I realized I, I, wanted, I wanted a life that meant something. I wanted an exciting life, an adventurous life, a full life, a, a meaningful life. I came to realize that without knowing God, all is vanity. Boy, Solomon teaches us that in the book of Ecclesiastes, doesn't he? He, say, he says, all is vanity, everything without God. And that's a hard lesson to learn, but, but, but some stories are fiction. They're, they're not true. And isn't it sad to see a Christian that has the, the, the divine blueprint for life live a lie? Isn't it sad to see someone living um, a, a lie and not accepting reality and I think it was Robin Williams that said, reality is just a crutch for people who can't handle drugs. I think he had that, you know, he was a comedian, by the way, so he got one, he got one laugh out of that, but this is real. And it's really sad when we don't get a hold of truth and we believe the world's lies and the devil's lies and we don't live according to truth. Oh, your life is a true story, and it's going to go fast. That's why Moses says in verse 12, uh, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I, I put together a chart. And if you could show that chart for me, Steve. Um, this chart is how I number my days. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, uh, but all the, the, the boxes on the left that, that are, have been darkened, those are months. Each box is a month. And I suggest that you do this. It's not morbid. It's reality. This is biblical. This is what we're supposed to do. I put this chart together, and I saw that, boy, every box is one month. And I prayed that God would give me 92 years. You have not because you ask not. I'm thinking once I get up, up there, I might regret that. But, but Lord willing, I said, God, would you give me at least 92 years? And, and in America, I think the average lifespan is around 75-ish. 
Moses says in verse 10, you, you get 70, 80 years, you're doing, you, you got a full life. But I considered and I started counting and considering my days that God has blessed me with. And then I realized if I reach 92, I only have on the right there so many more boxes to check. Now, that, now if I hit 75, I'll, I'll be doing pretty good. That'd be about half those boxes. Can I tell you, the last four weeks have, have seemed like four days to me. Those are all the boxes I have left. Okay, take that off the screen. I don't want to look at that anymore. <laughs> have you ever heard or thought, boy, as life continues, it seems like the days are getting shorter. They are in proportion to the years and months and days that you've lived on this earth, they are shorter, they all are smaller. And I'm afraid that so many people have gotten to the, the last chapter or the last page in their life and with amazement, they say, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then poof, vanished, vanisheth away. I want to talk about your life this morning, and I want to talk about the six parts to every good story. Learn these six parts, and you'll learn how to have a great story, a godly life. So please pay attention. Your life depends on it. Number one, I want to talk about the author of life. I want to talk about your author, the one who created you with a purpose, the one who knows you more than you know yourself, the one who has a, a divine blueprint and plan and story to tell through you. I will remind you this morning, as a, as a, as a Christian, you're a, you have been bought. You are not your own. You belong to the author. And we know this author to be God. When I met God back in 1997, the first thing that I did was I thought, man, this has blown my mind. I am a completely changed person meeting God for the very first time through Jesus Christ. You know what I need to do? I need to get his book. I want to read his book. And I believe every child of God has the spirit of God in him saying, you need to read my book. It's amazing that when you get saved, you get the author to live inside of you. And, uh, and our author, the author of life, because he's a triune God, uh, God is the author, but he has a ghostwriter. The Holy Spirit of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We have Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. And he is the, 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 the word and he spoke the words of life. He is the word. We have a triune author, but that author is living inside of you. And if you have the author living inside of you, he's going to put a desire for you to know his word, his work. I love this verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing, that's the Holy Spirit, which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the, the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So as a believer, we have the author inside of us, teaching us and drawing us to his word and the, and the plan that he wants us to follow. Our author, God, you know, he never gets writer's block. I've written a, a couple books and, and I've written some materials on the Bible. And I'll tell you what happens to me. I get writer's block. 
I come to the, the end of ideas. I run out of ideas. I can't think. I can't concentrate. That never happens with our author. Think about some of the stories uh, that he wrote about in the Bible and conducted and directed. Um, uh, Brother Walter is talking about water. You just think about what God did with water in the Bible. You think about creation and how, how he divided the waters. That takes some power. You think about uh, the children of Israel or the Hebrews coming out of Egypt and, and the Egyptians are running after them and they're caught, they're trapped between the Red Sea and the wilderness and the mountains. What would you do? You know what God did? He split the water. He split the Jordan. Hey, I want to tell you that our author is so creative. You know why he's so creative? Because he has all power at his fingertips. He never runs out of ideas. You, you, we, we, we heard about Jesus walking on the water. Uh, Jesus shows up at a, at a wedding and they run out of wine. You know what he does? He takes some water and he turns it into wine. Boy, our author is so creative, he blows our mind. He's so creative because nothing is too hard for him. I love uh, the story of Saul before he got saved. Think about it. What would you do? Here's a man named Saul. He's out on a rampage killing Christians, having, having the believers in Christ thrown in prison. And God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change the story a little bit in his life and in, in my story. I'm going to save this guy. The least likely character in the story, he gives him grace and free forgiveness, and he uses this guy, this villain, to become a hero in our story, and he uses him to write most of our New Testament. Only God can come up with something like that. Oh, the prophets were writing about the coming Messiah. Their anticipation was a, a king ruling on earth, and that is going to happen someday. But who saw it coming? That when God came into this world in human flesh, that he was going to die on a cross for all the sins of humanity. Oh, the disciples didn't see it coming. The devil didn't see it coming, but God did. Only God could come up with a story like that. Our author never runs out of ideas. He never makes mistakes. You read books by, by human authors, and you're going to find mistakes. You're going to find errors. But, but, but our author, every word is true. Every account is accurate. Every teaching is pure and right and holy. His writing is actually a birthing agent to bring people into the kingdom of God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Our author, when he writes... It's not just a word or words on a paper. They're alive. They're quick and powerful. There's no author like our author. So based on his work and his author, um, authorship, he, he's all creative. He's all powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. He's always for the underdog. Doesn't matter who they are, what they've done. When they get his grace, he, they, they become an instrument and a work in, their, in his hands. He's, he's all loving and patient and kind and forgiving. He never makes mistakes. Based on that, this is an author that you can trust. And I want to tell you today, he's writing a story, or he wants to write a story through your life. You can trust an author like that. You see, our author has placed us 
in his story. And there is a great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, but God is not done writing his story, and he wants to use you. I'm reminded in the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul talks about how we are the habitation of God. We're the body of Christ, and God wants to work through us. Now, are you willing to get on his page? That's the question. Uh, as we saw, time is ticking. And isn't it, a, isn't it a tragedy when God's people don't follow his story? They get out of character. They believe a lie. Think about it. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Imagine taking Willy Wonka and putting him in the Black Panther. It's ridiculous. He doesn't belong there. He belongs in the Chocolate Factory with all the Oompa Loompas. Amen? Hey, listen. If God hasn't called you to be a character out uh, in this world, then why are you doing that? Why, why don't you fulfill your biblical role to be the character that God wants you to be? You say, how do I do that? Get a hold of his word. The word will shape you and mold you into the character that God wants you to be. Isn't it sad when you see Christians not fulfilling their biblical role, the divine blueprint? Listen, we can trust our author. You are not the author of your life. Now, it's good to have plans and ambitions and goals and dreams, but you are not the sovereign in your life. God is. And you better make sure that whatever dreams and goals you have, it's coming from God, the author. Number two, every story has a plot. Now, the plot is, is the storyline. It's the chain of events. And it can have different genres. There's adventure, there's action, there's, there's drama, there's rags to riches, there's tragedy, there's quest, there's overcoming the monster. You say, well, that's not my life. That's another story. I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. You know, what, you know what adventure is? That's missions. We are called to a mission. Do you know that? And a mission is adventurous. You want some adventure in your life? Get involved in missions. Become a missionary in a foreign country. Go visit a missionary somewhere. Listen, it is, it is a very adventurous life. It's the best life. I've, I've walked through jungles, swam in lagoons and under waterfalls. I've sat in shacks with people with no electricity or running water, sitting in their hammock while they're making me a, a, a meal, saying, tell me about this Jesus and what he can do for me. I'm telling you, that's an adventure. Uh, going to a public school and having the principal say, we've got about 500 kids here. Here's a microphone. Tell them all about Jesus. That's an adventure. I'm telling you what, if you think life is boring, you're not living a missionary life. You say, well, I live here in Monclova or Toledo, Ohio. This is a mission field. I, I, I don't have time to tell you all the, the weird and exciting places that God has put me to get involved in telling people about missions, even here in Toledo, Ohio. It is an adventurous life, but you got to get involved in missions. Don't die on me now. This ought to excite you. Man, when I was a teenager, a lost teenager, my complaint was, life is boring. There's got to be more to life. There is more to life, but it's found in Jesus Christ. Action, you know what action is? It's, it's complete surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. You want some action in your story? Surrender to the Spirit of God. Drama, you want some drama? Get involved in ministry. 
Because ministry is people, and where there's people, there is drama. Someone said that ministry would be great if it just weren't for people. Hey, listen, we're dramatic. We've got problems. We've got issues. But you know, you know what this drama uh, dealing with people will do? It's an opportunity for you to become more like Jesus. Because people are going to do you wrong. And you're going to have an opportunity to forgive them. People are going to just, they're just going to drive you crazy. And it's an opportunity to have patience. You see where we're going with that? Drama is people. It's ministry. Rags to riches. Say, that's not my story. How many of you were born into a, a wealthy family? I asked our Bible study Thursday night, I said, how many, we're going through Ephesians. How many of you were born rich into a, a wealthy family? No one raised their hand. I said, how many of you are believers in here? You've trusted Christ. Hands went up. I said, well, you've got a rags to riches story. You were born into God's family. And we have, we're, we're so blessed with spiritual uh, wealth and riches. We're filthy rich in Christ. And someday... We're going to see it all culminate, and we're going to be walking on gold. Christian, you are a rags-to-riches story in Christ. Tragedy, people rejecting Christ. Quest, finding the will of God. Overcoming the monster. Oh, that's you, my friend. That's me. You know who the monster is? The old man, the old nature. I battle him every day. I, my, my worst enemy is myself. That triune God, me, myself, and I, he always wants to resurrect and take control of my life. And I have to say, no, monster, you're dead. My story belongs to God. The plot, the chain of events. Now, here's what happens when the plot changes. And there's always twists and turns in our stories. The Christian can get discouraged. The Christian can get uh, confused. But listen, to everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under the heaven. Uh, he, God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. You see, God will bring change. That's the plot. It will change in your story to change you. God will bring change so you realize, you know what? I am not the sovereign in my life. He's writing my story. God will bring change in your story sometimes to get you to your wit's end. You know, that's a really good place to be. At the end of your rope, that's where you find true hope. That's where we find true dependency on God, and that's where God wants you. So don't get upset with God when things take a turn. He's trying to teach you something. It's just the chain of events in every good story. God brings change to change us. So we can get to the point where we say, for in Him we live and move and have our being and as we heard on Wednesday night when Brother Dan taught that lesson out of the book of Job, great lesson. If you weren't here Wednesday night, uh, listen to it. We can say with Job, you know what? God gives, God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My life is not about me. He's writing my story. He's the best author, and I can trust him. The plot changes. Have you ever read a book and you get halfway through the book and you just say, oh, I'm done. It's not going anywhere. But then you continue a little bit. And then you see in the next chapter, oh, this is getting good. Oh, this just took a turn. And you finish the book and you say, that was a great story. I'm afraid a lot of Christians, when they get to chapter 15, they jump ship. 
And they say, God, I don't like where this is going. I'm going to start writing my own story. And God says, no, I'm working here. Man, we got to get to chapter 22. Just hang in there. They jump ship, and God doesn't get to culminate the plot and the chain of events. You know, God has allowed a chain of events in your life that are not happenstance. We don't believe in luck, do we? Don't, don't say good luck to anybody. We don't, we don't believe in luck we, or happenstance. We believe in providence. Providence is causing people and places and things and thoughts to happen that you weren't expecting. Providence is the mysterious way that God carries out his sovereign will. You want a good mystery in your life? Who doesn't like a good mystery? Look for the providence of God in your life. Don't miss the providence of God with your plan, because you will. You will. Uh, sometimes God leads, and, uh, and we know, man, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. He obviously opened this door, and God is leading me. Sometimes he works incognito. And he's going to put you through a valley and some darkness. And again, we need to remember never to dark uh, doubt in the dark what God gives us in the light. Uh, God's trying to build faith in us. And, and, and it seems kind of mysterious what God is doing, but I'm telling you, just like the book of uh, Esther, the, the, the word God is not used in the book of Esther, but you see his fingerprints. And God's providence is, is his fingerprint, you see here and there, and you look back and say, now that was God there, that was, he is working. God is always working. And he's got a wonderful story. Uh, the Bible says that, that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. Whether you recognize it or see it or believe in it, he is working. Don't, don't miss the providence of God with your own plan. Accept and learn from it. There are, basically, there's one story for every person the general will of God, the general plan of God for people to get saved. Amen? God's not willing that any should perish. Uh, God wants every person to trust Christ as Savior, to grow in the Lord, and to give glory to God and to bring others into the kingdom of God. That, that's the general will for every single person in the world. And then God has a specific story which is different. We're, we're all different. We're all designed differently. And that specific story is uh, maybe where you go to school, if you get married, if you don't get married, uh, where you live, uh, what your occupation is. And God has a specific story for each of you. Be careful not to try to mold yourself into someone else's mold. It's dangerous. Don't compare yourself. Be who God wants you to be. Quite often, and I bet you there's someone in here like this this morning, you're seeking God's will. Maybe you've even gotten counsel and, 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 and scripture, and, and you've been patient, and you're praying, and you feel like, I just, don't, I just don't know what that specific thing is. Don't forget one missing ingredient, faith. You know how many times I've gotten stuck? I, I've, I've got scripture. I've got counsel. I've got an open door, and I just sit, and I just, I just waited and, and for, for God to hit me over the head, and God's saying, listen, this is a relationship here. It goes both ways. I'm not going to force you, and we need to remember as God's people, 
when we find the will of God, it's going to take faith. Maybe that's the missing ingredient in your life right now and you're stuck. Don't forget faith. Oh, we have a good author. Oh, we have a good plot. And then number three, there's the villain, the bad guy, the adversary. You shouldn't be ignorant of his devices, by the way. The devil is real, my friend. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil hates God's story. He hates, the devil's mad, you know that? He's very uh, upset that we have his obituary. In, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, the devil is cast into a lake of fire and brimstone. Uh, originally, he was Lucifer, and he reflected the glory of God, and, and he got fired, literally. We got his job. He's very upset with you. He doesn't like God's story. He doesn't like God's word. He doesn't like what God wants you to become. And I'm telling you, our adversary, the villain in our story, he died. He was defeated at the cross. You say, well, he's still working today. He is, but I believe the cross was a deadly blow to him. Uh, you ever see snakes? You can cut a snake's head off, and the body keeps moving, and that head is just laying there right next to the body. I saw a video the other day. Guy cut a, a coppersmith, I think, a head off, and, and it's standing there, and the body's moving head right here, and it, it attacks its own body. Reflex. You know, the devil has a, a satanic, devilish reflex against anything that's godly, and it's just a matter of time. Oh, he's still chomping away at God's people, but we win. He got fired. We know where he ends up. Hey, listen, in this story, I, I, I don't have time, but I'm going to read this to you. Uh, in Romans chapter 16, uh, Paul said to the Romans, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I see it this way. When, the, when God takes the devil and casts him into a lake of fire and brimstone, we're going to be there. And I got a feeling, perhaps, and I hope, God, that when we're all lined up and he casts them in the lake of fire, we're going to take our feet and we're just going to give them a little kick in there under our feet. I'm just saying this, the villain in your story, he's a villain only because God allows him to be. He's, he's only the devil because God allows him to be the devil. And God has equipped his people to overcome the villain. Think about it. God has given us spiritual armor. We're the underdogs. The devil is more powerful than, than us. But God has equipped us supernaturally with his power, his spirit in us, in armor. Man, you think Iron Man is cool. We got something greater than any uh, uh, um, comic book hero. This is our God. This is our author. This is our story. This is our villain. Be careful. He, he has two ways in which he works. Temptation, lust of the eyes and flesh and pride of life, and deception. Ultimately, the devil's going to deceive the whole world through the Antichrist. And be careful that he doesn't deceive you. Be careful. Know how he works. The devil has a story for you. 
Oh, he knows what God's story is, but he has a story for you to fulfill. And if you follow it, sure, as a born-again believer, you're still going to go to heaven. But if you follow his story in this life, it will end very, very badly for you. Here's the good news. It doesn't have to happen that way. Here's the good news. We have victory over this world. You know, I think every, every person that's been in combat and has been heroic and victorious, they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to take credit for it. And uh, as a Christian, I, I believe we ought to have some good war stories with our adversary. Now, I'm telling you, the devil has gotten me. Him and his workers, they've gotten to me. They've got some wins, but I can, I can tell you I've got some wins too. And I'm not bragging about it. It's, it's the grace of God. But you ought to have something in your story where you can say, listen, grandkids, kids, let me tell you what God has done in my life. Let me tell you some of the victories <clears throat> that I've had in my life. Oh, there's the author. There's the plot. There's the villain. But then there's the hero. And you know who the hero is. It is none other but the, than the Lord Jesus Christ who came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, the thief cometh not but, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Hey, listen, Jesus is the hero in God's story because it's his story. He ought to be the hero in your life as well. Hey, Jesus, he's my hero. He's the one that saved my soul. He's the one that came into my life and, and saved my marriage. He's the one that loves me more than anyone else in this world. He's the one that has a, a story that, that, that he wants to live through me and give me what this world couldn't give me. He's the one that, that's on my side, even when everyone else forsakes me. Jesus didn't look like much when he showed up on the scene. Born in little Bethlehem, raised up in, in no good Nazareth. And I'll tell you, the, 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 the villain likes to get a hold of someone like that. Here's Jesus, the epitome of love, um, a, a friend of sinners, seeking those that were lost so he could save them. And the villain takes advantage of this, and you know what he does? He crucifies him. Just when you thought the villain wins at the crucifixion, three days and three nights later, the earth begins to quake and shake. And the devil thought, oh man, I got him. I got him. And he meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Only God could do something like this. Only God could, could say, I, I, I'm going I'm to allow men and evil men to crucify me. But through this death, I'm going to actually birth life, spiritual life. And the plot thickens and the power of Christ shines forth into believers' hearts. And the story continues. It's a resurrection story. And everybody likes a resurrection story. Oh, I was dead in trespasses and in sins. And, and the Spirit of God, Jesus, quickened me. And he made me alive in Christ when I accepted the cross. Jesus is not a fictitious character, by the way. He's not a fictitious hero. He, he's real. 
He's not a curse word. He's not a side issue. He's not a little baby in Mary's arms. He's not on a cross dying for sins. He's alive. He's not just part of the story. He is the story. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the real Marvel. Everything he did in the Bible, they marveled at. He's the real Superman. He's the God-man. He's my Savior. He's my hero. He is the Word of God. He is the script. You see, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And when you follow your hero, you're following the story that God has laid out for you. Say, well, I don't know. In this plot, in my story, there's been a lot of twists. And I, I don't know what to do. Follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you're going to fulfill your biblical role in life and God's divine blueprint and plan. It's all about Jesus, the author, the plot, the villain, the hero. Now we get to the purpose. The purpose is to glorify God, to become more like Jesus, to bring others to Christ, to, to inspire and motivate others to be more like God and to please God. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to uh, his purpose. And we also read to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. God said all things work together for good. So I don't see the purpose in this. All things in God's timing. That means the plot in your life with all the changes, the villain and all his evil, the hero, Jesus, his power and direction, all these things have a purpose. You put all these things together, and God is working something, a great story. I like to cook. I don't like to bake. I tried baking once, and it was a disaster. But I know when you bake, you got salt, you got butter, you got nutmeg, you got cinnamon, you got some sugar or a lot of sugar, you can't just sample cinnamon and go, oh, that's good. You can't eat a half a stick of butter and say, mmm, this is great. You can't do that. You see, God will take the good, the bad, the ugly, and put it all in his divine blender or mixer and make a sweet-smelling savor, something beautiful in his time. And I'm telling you, in your chain of events, the good, the bad, the ugly, the mess-ups, the failures, you take all of that, and God is telling a story. Don't get ahead. Don't go behind. Stay in God's book. Stay in his story. Oh, Joseph, what a great mixture of ingredients. He catches a dream from God, shares his dream and his vision with his family, and they throw him in a pit and sell him into slavery. But then he gets a job, a good job, and then he's accused of rape and thrown into prison and forgotten. And then he gets out and becomes second in command in all the kingdom. And you know what Joseph saw? He saw that God was taking all these things and there was a purpose in it. And he said in the last chapter of Genesis, ye thought evil against me, but God, but God, but God meant it unto good. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created in all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You were created in the divine image of God for a divine purpose. And that is to take all the drama in your life, take all the adventure, 
Take your life, whether long or short or medium, not so exciting, mundane, frustrating, whatever's going on in your story, use it for the glory of God. That is the purpose of your story. And then there's the ending. And everyone likes a good ending. Can I tell you, church, we have a good ending. We've got a great ending. I know how the story ends. And regardless of what's going on, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. We get to chapter 22 and we see, whoo, this is good. This is a good story. And we live happily ever after regardless of what happens in this life as a born-again believer. I know my destination. I got my reservation and it's settled. But wouldn't it be nice knowing that I could have a good last chapter in this life? Listen, old folks in here, wherever you are, I'm not one, but the older crowd in here, forget about that chart. That that didn't mean anything. Your story isn't over. Say, yeah, I think I'm in the last chapter. I might be on the last few pages. Your story isn't over. Let God continue to write. You say, well, I'm tired. Good. Well, I'm weak. Good. That's a a great story. Man, when when you get to heaven, you you got a story to tell. Boy, the last year of my life, I was tired. I was weak. But I completely surrendered to God, and he wrote something really good in my last chapter. Perhaps when we get to heaven, and I think heaven's going to be a place of storytelling. Are you going to have a story to tell? Maybe heaven's going to be a place, I don't know, where God says, I want to show you what I wrote, but you didn't follow. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but, but I know there's going to be stories in heaven. And I don't want to wait until my last few pages run out and wish I had something more for God to do in my life. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, I got off God's page and I, I went astray and... There's no hope for someone like me. I'm a mess. No, there's a message in that mess. And that message will make a great story. Say, what do do I do? Surrender to God, follow Jesus, and let him write. You know, Paul said we are living epistles. We're walking epistles, being read of, of men. And God wants to write through you. I think it's time that we awake, walk circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time. And I'll close with this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Is that your story? If it's not, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're missing out on the greatest story ever told from the greatest author that ever wrote anything. He wants to engraft you into his story. You say, what do I need to do? Confess your sins to God. Believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and trust what he did. Say, God, save me. I'm putting my faith in Jesus and he'll save you like that. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to come forward to an altar. You don't have to go through baptism. The only thing you must do 
is be born again, and that happens through Jesus Christ. Christian, you were born into a very wealthy family with an author that has all power and all capabilities to change your life on a dime. Will you let him write your story? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.